the Cliff Fall, Timberco, California. Kent Lucky, my park aide, and I had put in a good day's work, and uh, we were getting ready to head out and go on north up the coast about 30 miles, 40 miles, to the town of Wallala, also pronounced Guallala. Uh, it's a small little town right on the border between Sonoma County and Mendocino County. They have a hotel there. I call it the Wallala Hotel. And uh, it's kind of a Wild West hotel. It's uh, built in, I think, the 1800s. Uh, Two-story, uh, kind of a Victorian exterior appearance. Um with a big green door for the entry and, and uh, once you enter a, a giant bar that goes from about the front door all the way to the back of the bar and then to the side is a, an enormous uh, dance area. Um, the door on the entrance is, is fun. It says, uh, no corked boots. Um, well, cork boots are what loggers wear that have the spikes in them. So apparently back in the day, the loggers used to come in there with their cork boots on and uh, tear the hell out of the dance floor. And they'd have to replace the dance floor every couple of months. So anyway, we'd hoped to go up there that evening to, to listen to some music. They often had live music. And... Uh, it was just fun, fun place to watch. It was a melting pot of the coast. You had uh, everyone from, you know, loggers uh, who were, uh, you know, the mainstay of the town for many years. And then you had uh, fishermen, many who were coming up to fish for steelhead. They would pack the town. And uh, then back in the day, they called them hippies. Uh, they had hippies throughout that were come out of the backwoods to enjoy some music. Then you'd have what we called the Beamer types. Uh, they were the guys from the city, San Francisco, East Bay, and uh, they would drive up in their BMWs and feel really important. So it was a good place to go up and watch people. So Brent and I decided, well, it's a good night to put on our cowboy hats and uh, kind of go back in time and back into the Wild West and wear our cowboy hats and head north. Uh, Kent had just gotten a brand new cowboy hat. I think he spent $125 for this hat. Very nice looking hat. Um, so I have to say my hat didn't look as nice as his, but you know, it worked. So we're getting about ready to head out. Uh, we're gonna take my car and head on up there. When a call came over the radio from uh, Santa Rosa Sheriff's Office, I responded to a lot of their calls, a lot of Sheriff's Office calls. So the call came in and said, uh, Ranger A32, there's been a cliff fall at Timbercoat Boat Landing. Uh, it's serious, can you respond code three over? And, uh, I uh, got immediately on the radio and said, that's affirmative, Santa Rosa Ranger 832 will respond, code 3, Timber Co. 
please give me uh, the exact N20, and we're in route. So I said to Kent, uh, we got some business. Let's take care of this. So we jumped in uh, our truck, and at that time, I had a German Shepherd whose name was Scout, and Scout was, uh, was my partner. He was my buddy, beautiful silver and black, large German Shepherd. And so I said, uh, Kent, uh, we better let Scout have the center seat, center part of the seat. So he jumped in the center. Kent got over on his side, and I drove. And we responded to this accident at Timber Cove Boat Landing. And we got there quickly, I would say within five minutes. And uh, this family, who was just beside themselves, totally distraught, immediately came up to me and said, uh, oh my God, can you help us? And I said, yes, yes, I'll help you. What's what's the matter? What happened here? And they said, our daughter, um, she's only eight years old and she's supposed to stay in the tent, but she got up and out of the tent and instead of walking towards the roadway, she walked the opposite direction and walked straight off the cliff. And I went, oh boy, okay. I said, uh, have you heard from her at all? And he said, no, we've been calling to her, and this, the cliff is too steep, and uh, we're just too afraid to even try to climb it, but we need somebody to climb it. And I said, I'll take care of that, ma'am. We will take care of that right now. And so I said to Kent, I said, um, get on the radio and tell Santa Rosa definitely need backup here and uh, also tell him to uh, warm up the helicopter because we're going to need that as well. So I grabbed a flashlight <coughs> and a radio portable and I said can't stay up here and relay my messages to Santa Rosa. I might not be able to get out on the portable down there. So I went over with my flashlight and by then it was dark. It was pitch black. So I put my flashlight down the cliff and I could see down there, oh, I would say 100 feet or more. Uh, it was just rocks. There was just rocks down there with waves coming in onto the rocks. And I thought, well, I know of one way to get down this and that's to go straight down that cliff. So. I said, here we go. Ken says, well, we rope it up. And I said, no time for that. Uh, this little girl needs help. And she needs it right now. So I said, if you get uh, volunteer firefighters here or somebody, tell them to rope up and then get it down. And I said, but I'm going down. And so I proceeded to go down the cliff. And I had done it before. What I tried to do was walk the coastline and find out where some of the better ins and outs were on the cliff faces. And so this is one that I had done three or four times. So I was somewhat familiar with it, although it changes when it's dark and it changes when you're holding a flashlight. However, I went down the cliff. I scaled the cliff and I got down onto the beach and then I went across the lower part of the cliff as fast as I could at the base of the cliff. And then I called out for the little girl, and I kept calling out for her and shining my flashlight. And then I heard a whimper, 
And I looked over and I found the little girl. There she was. And she had fallen that 100 feet straight down onto a bunch of uh, very solid uh, sandstone rocks. And um, she was kind of in a crumpled position. And so I approached her and I told her that I was a park ranger and that I was here to help her and that I would make sure she was taken care of and I asked her if she understood me, if she could hear me. And she groaned a little bit and then she says, yes, you know, I, I can hear you. I understand you. She says, I can't move. And I said, don't move. I said, uh, what's going to happen, sweetheart, is... Uh, Sorry. I said, sweetheart, we're going to get you out of here and you're going to be fine. So I called up on the radio and I said to can't. I said, uh, tell the helicopter, come on out. And I said, uh, we need to get this little girl to the, ho- to the hospital as, as quickly as possible. So, uh, Kent got on the truck radio and notified Santa Rosa and they put the chopper up immediately. And of course the chopper's not going to fly out here at night. Uh, they don't fly out on the coast typically at night. So I said, tell the, tell the helicopter pilot, uh, Walt Smith, that it's Sean Lashenko. And uh, they'll put the chopper up for me. And so Brent called me back and said, uh, Walt's in route. He's bringing the chopper out. I said, all right. We're good. I said, I need more help down here. Get me more personnel. Um, just when I said that, I turned around and a sheriff's deputy who I had, had, had never met goes, hi, I'm deputy so-and-so. I'm from the Russian River. Can I help you? And I said, yes, please. I said, uh, we need to uh, get a backboard under this little girl and we need to get a neckboard under her. And we need to strap her down. And uh, I've stopped most of the bleeding, but we're gonna need some other bandage work here. And I need the paramedic kit down here. I couldn't bring it down by myself. And he goes, you got it. And so he went about securing that. And so we got the Stokes litter down there. And that's a stretcher. And we got a backboard under her, and we got her wrapped up. And I think I had uh, two other people. It was a total of four people down there, finally, on that uh, on that rocky beach. And uh, again, pitch black. We're just using our flashlights. And I kept asking a little girl, you know, if she could feel this or feel that. And uh, she said, yeah, I could, I could feel certain things. And... Uh, 
I said, that's encouraging. Can you tell me, you know, what your name is? And uh, she says, oh, my name's Susan. And I said, okay, Susan, I'm John. And um, we will get you out of here and we'll get you up to your parents and I promise you everything will be all right. Matter of fact, you're even going to get a helicopter ride. What do you think of that? And she goes, oh, that's kind of scary. And I go, you'll be fine. We'll take care of you. So then I got the radio going and I could hear Angel 2. This is Angel 2 calling Ranger A32. Come in, A32. Can you copy over? And I said, that's affirmative, A32, here I copy. Is this Walt? Yeah, this is Walt. I'm coming in hot. 10-4, uh, Walt. I said, I don't have any place for you to land here. I said, uh, we're going to have to bring the chopper in, and uh, we're either going to have to keep it in the air, or there's one other possibility. There's a wash rock right here, and uh, we could probably do this between waves, but we're gonna have to be real careful so we don't swamp the chopper. And he says, you, you bring me in. You bring me in. I said, that's affirmative. Sure, you come in safely. He goes. You gotta watch my rotor. He says, uh, "I can't hit the. I can't hit that cliff face." And I said, "I copy over." I said, uh, "We're gonna put lights on you coming down. We're lighting up the beach right now." By that time, um, some of the volunteer firefighters had come with flashlights and they started illuminating, you know, beach area. So I looked up, and here comes the chopper. They've got their uh, aircraft landing light on. So, you know, it was really clear who that was. And, of course, they're airbound. And uh, here came Walt. And uh, so I got this little girl, and I said to the guys on the beach, we got to carefully lift her. we got to get her in that helicopter. Um... And we got we could probably just have one or two chances at this, and we got to get it right. We we just have to get this right. And they said, okay, you know, we're we're gonna follow your lead. So Walt came over with a chopper, and he says, can you tell me how many feet I have from the rotor to the cliff? And I said, well, you're looking, ooh, it's close, Walt, but we're looking, uh, I would say, 30 feet. Looks like about 30 feet. And he goes, ah, oh, it's pretty close. And I said, yeah, I said, uh, why don't you pull it out just a little further? And uh, he goes, well, how do I look down? And I said, well, if you're, you're about 40 feet, maybe maybe 45 feet. And again, it's kind of hard to talk on a radio because you're getting that backwash from that rotor from that chopper, you know. It's coming down on top of you. So I said, well, look it, we've got another chance here. Can you see that wash rock right offshore there? And he goes, yeah, I see it. And I said, okay, what if we did this? What if we carried the little girl uh, just through uh, the water there uh, to the wash rock? 
and then you just come down and you just touch you just touch and then we'll get this little girl done we'll get her in there he said you got it so here comes Walt he's bringing that chopper down now we got that wash rock lit up with every flashlight that we can use that thing's glowing so he's bringing that chopper down now he's holding it about 15 feet above the wash rock so it got back and then the observer the man that flies with the pilot he got out and opened the back door to the chopper we got the chopper to come down slower slower and I told him you've got 20 feet you've got 15 feet you've got 10 feet you've got 8 feet you've got 6 feet okay you're almost to the rock you're almost to the wash rock watch, watch the waves on your side I can't see it over there watch the waves and so Walt brings that chopper down and we hustle with that stretcher through the surf zone and the water and the observer holds the back door of the chopper open and we get the little girl up and we slide her in and that stretcher goes in the first time that doesn't always happen but that stretcher went in the first time to the back of that helicopter so we got her in there the observer got the back door closed and then he uh, gave a thumbs up and we back away into the surf and the chopper ro- raises slowly and I said to the radio, Walt, you know, go west, go west. That means don't go near those cliffs. Go west, go west. So Walt brings the chopper up and flies west in the direction of the horizon. And then he banks the chopper, he brings it up, he gains elevation, and there he goes. And what he's looking for is the Russian River and the lights of the houses on the Russian River so he could guide himself on in through the Russian River area all the way into Santa Rosa and then into Memorial Hospital. He got to Memorial Hospital, and they offloaded that little girl and they got her up in surgery she had uh, broken practically every bone in her body so they did surgery and they put the little girl back together again she had to have some pins and some other work done but fortunately she had not done major injury to her spine there were some fractures but There wasn't major fractures. However, there were fractures in her arms and legs. So anyway, the doctors put her back together and uh, they called right after they had her out of surgery. And they said, uh, great job, great job. You know, we, we feel you guys saved this little girl's life. So I've always felt good about that. Park Ranger, John Lashenko.